Hey everyone, this is Samuel Gebre. In today's conversation, I'm, I'm speaking with Dawit Abraham, who is the co-founder of Kana Games based in Ethiopia. They've had a few successes with some world-renowned games, uh, including Kukulu. Uh, Dawit is also the spokesperson for the Pan-African Gaming Group, uh, which is a coalition of 10 companies on the continent that has come together to, uh, I guess, move forward the, the gaming industry on the continent uh, and open up market for each other. It should be a, an interesting conversation, but uh, it's also unfortunately the last of the three we are going to have on on, on gaming. So please do enjoy. Kine Games has been around for, so Kine Games Inc. has been around for three years, but we've been building games as Kine Technologies for over six years now. Uh, we're an Ethiopian-based startup. Uh, the team, myself, my co-founder, Samuel Sisai, uh, and a team of around 10 people now, uh, we're all based in Ethiopia and we've been building games from Ethiopia. We've launched a couple of games over the past few years. Uh, two were most recognized to uh, Kukulu and Gabetabos won uh, the Apps Africa uh, app for being, one of them for being the best entertainment app and one of them for being the best app in Africa. Uh, we try to build games that, that well, we believe are fun and beautiful and eventually end up being African arts, right? Contributions to the African art industry and the gaming industry. Uh, but one of our biggest motivation has been uh, that of, for example, I can give you a story in 2011, uh, the Polish prime minister, uh, met with Barack Obama. And when they exchanged gifts, I believe, uh, Polish prime minister gave him a game as a gift. Uh, this game was The Witcher. And, and the reason that the prime minister gave Barack Obama The Witcher is that game was built by a Polish gaming company called uh, Project CD Red. It's one of the biggest global gaming companies. And, it, and it's one of the reason that Poland was economically very strong during the 2008 financial crisis. Of course, uh, there were many, many reasons that contributed to Poland kind of withstanding that crisis, but one of them was definitely the success of this, this game that sold millions of copies globally. And, and I feel the same way about the Ethiopian and then the African gaming industry. I think there's a huge possibility here to, to create something that not only is beautiful, not only is telling of the continent's story, uh, beautiful culture and so on, but it can actually become a strong economical pillar to, to the whole continent. And that's really what we've been trying to do over the past few years. I mean, that's an interesting thing to hear because the way you're approaching it is, it's it's more like Ethiopia or Africa to the world. Uh, and you use the word, I think, art as well, kind of exporting and presenting the i guess your home to the rest of the world and not necessarily seeing where the market is and building for that market is not is not how you're approaching it or is that a combination well if you look at the current social awakening if you, if you call it that uh you see that uh global content is being consumed more and more uh, you see afrobeat Ethiopia jazz uh, is taking over the world you see that Korean movies are mm -hmm. the, the best rated shows on Netflix. And, and, and this trend has been 
moving at an exponential uh, pace most recently. So this is something that we're actually trying to get into. We, we want to build games. Uh, I mean, we're not trying to build African games. We're African developers. Whatever games we build are naturally going to be African, right? Uh, but the beauty is that because of recent advancements in, in, in technology, uh, almost anyone can actually build games now. And, and this is a huge opportunity, especially for, for continents like Africa, because we have, uh, we have a market, like the next uh, billion players are most likely going to come from Africa. Uh, and of course we have a huge talent pool that, that can actually create content that can, can be, that can be consumed locally and, and why not globally? That's the approach that we're actually taking. Yeah, uh, can I can I get into like some details of how some of the more prominent games that you've made have performed uh, on on the global the global scene? And I'm assuming you make mainly mobile phone games, not console or PC games, right? Yes, yeah, we're focused on mobile. Yeah, so like, how has Kukulu done, or any of your you know the games that you you have made? All right, so one thing that we've noticed is of all the games that we have, well, I mean, when when I say all, we've only built and launched five games so far. Uh, Kukulu seems to have a lot of attention and a good performance in Ethiopia, while Gabeta seems to have a better performance uh, globally, and this is uh, in, in the US and, and some, some other European countries. With every game that you build, it's usually a hit and miss, and it's it's also a working progress with every launch, trying to get the game to be more fun, more engaging, and then more adopted by the global community. But one, one thing that we have seen is that Gabata is definitely going to be a hit, and that's something that I, I, I can I can hope for, but something that we're really looking forward to. Okay. Uh, and then just kind of like in the way you approach the game-making process itself, are you like how how does that work? Are you experimenting a lot, trying to put up or R and D ish a lot of ideas into like first uh, prototypes and seeing how it does, or are you focusing on an idea and zoning in onto it and and then launching it up? So we do a lot of experimentation. Uh, we actually have a team that that. that it's continuously trying to actually build new games. There are some games uh, that we've actually begun and they just never actually ended up being produced. Uh, there's each, each game that, that's actually produced went through an experimentation process. Um, so this is actually also the global trend in, in building games. Uh, the more easier it is to actually build a prototype and get it to users as fast as you can, the, the better, because you don't want to be spending a whole year uh, trying to build out on an idea which may or may not work. This is something, a, a mistake we've made before. Uh, we've, I mean, being in the business for five years teaches you a lot of things, but more recently we've really gone into this experimental uh, based production. Okay. Uh, and then in terms of how you do your distribution, uh, how, how does that work? I was talking to Cordell from Curry First, and they've obviously attracted a lot of interest and a lot of funding of you know in, in the past couple of months. 
uh, and and they seem to really work, try and bring a lot of the players on the continent, uh, adapt them and get them ready for the world, I guess. So you having been in the space for seven years and, you know, having a name for yourself, your studio having a name of its own, how, how you know, what kind of like partnerships and relationships are you building for that distribution? Yeah, so distribution is definitely one of the key challenges, especially as an indie game studio. Uh, the, the most optimal way to go about it is to find a publisher, uh, as we've done with Carry First. Carry First, uh, Lucien Cordell, have been working with us for the past two, two and a half years, uh, publishing our games, that is distributing it globally and then really taking care of the sales channel around the game, uh, which is a very, very good thing for indie studios to actually go for. Uh, something else that's also coming up, the, the Pan-African Gaming Group, is, is trying to, to actually help studios figure out this part of the conundrum, right? Uh, you, as a game developer, want to focus a lot of your time on building quality content. Uh, once you do that, uh, the other, the next phase of, of taking it and selling it, distributing it in the world, it's usually, unless you have the funds and, and the expertise, better taken care of by larger publishers, which is something that, that K-First and, and the Pan-African Gaming Group is currently trying to actually do uh, very well. Yeah, okay, I mean, I'll come back to this the, the Pan-African Group in, in a bit. Uh, but back kind of like to you, uh, like how, how have you managed to kind of like keep up the, I guess the, the whole production for the past six years, seven years? Because I'm not sure how profitable the gaming business has been in the past, especially on the continent. Um, and you know, how big is your team? Uh, and, and, and you know, like how's the kind of the setup for the operation in Ethiopia itself? Yeah, so the, for the past few years, especially, I mean, speaking from experience in Ethiopia, we've had a big of a bit of a problem selling the games, right? Especially to the local market. And that is mostly due to the lack of this fintech solutions that were not widely available mm -hmm. um, but most recently this has actually changed uh you have the launch of telebor which really changed a lot of, of how we work and how we sell games uh we have ethio telecom which is ramping up their efforts to to kind of adopt this content driven uh world and and sell our games uh on, and, and allow us to actually use their infrastructure to to be able to monetize them as well in the, in the country that's been very helpful and this is something that has recently made gaming profitable we've, we've been around for five years but i would say that we are we we became profitable only in, in 2022 that's something i can i can be happy about and that's something that gives me hope that the continent will also actually be able to follow suit in, in these types of profitable different types of profitable business models for games uh, there have been very successful gaming studios in Africa. Uh, I mean, if you look into South Africa, especially uh, some other African gaming studios who, who've actually made a huge name for themselves by kind of tapping into the global market. But again, gaming is it's it's as big as and as as a huge uh, value chain that you can actually tap into. It's also the type of business where it's it's a hit and miss. You have to build quite a lot of games to get to the one that's actually going to be a global success. And in a way, that's kind of the advantage that we have. Um, 
production costs in Ethiopia and Africa generally are cheaper than, than you would have in the rest of the world, uh, including China and India, to be honest. And that kind of gives us an advantage in that for every two, you know one game that, that's built outside of Africa, we can build maybe five. It gives us the numbers advantage and, and allows us to actually build a lot more games out of which some could be globally successful. Uh, and, and that's really the, the, the advantage that we all have as African gaming studios. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, uh, you did. It's, I, I mean, you mentioning uh, like the difficulty you're facing in Ethiopia and then seeing like the Ember and the Qtele coming up with new payment methods as kind of a solution. Uh, what I was getting is like, okay, that, that is true for the Ethiopian market, but you could have done and you probably were doing this already, but for the rest of the you know, mobile moneyed markets in the continent, both in East and West Africa, uh, was that was that accessible to you as well? One of the things that prevents you from selling your games uh, in, in the rest of the continent is, is that a lot of people use want to use mobile money and these are, I would say, the most convenient ways of payment throughout the rest of Africa. However, not a lot of the app stores, like not Google Store and App Store, do not fully embrace uh, these technologies. Uh, they still you want you to use this, uh, you know, GPay, uh, Apple Pay, and debit card and credit cards, which are really not that, po you know, popular in the continent. I remember that Google was trying to actually bring in M-Pesa as a form of payment. However, I, I'm not sure if that was a very successful uh, project on, on their behalf. But then you actually look into every other gaming uh, company in Africa and, and everyone tells you that mobile money is really the most convenient way to sell their games. And I, I think there's a lot of work to be done around that. Uh, there's, there's a new store, the Gara store, uh, built by Maseka Games, uh, which, which is trying to actually solve this problem, uh, which is aiming to become an app store and a game store for African, uh, for the whole African continent, where, where it actually allows people to buy content using the, the most convenient methods available to them. But this is this has definitely been a problem and it still continues to be a problem. Say the name again, who's trying to, who's building that, uh, that app? The, I, I believe the it's Masika Games, right? Uh, the the name of the store is called Gara Store, G A R A, yeah, okay. store. Yeah, it's, it's it's poised to be the main distribution mechanism for the Pan African Gaming Group. Okay, okay. And then, but it, when it comes to your game specifically, are they not free to play? Uh it depends. So we do follow the free to play model. Uh, we have our games available for free in the rest of the world. One thing that we haven't been able to do in Ethiopia is follow that same model because of some restrictions from, like I said, Google and Apple. And in Ethiopia, we've kind of been forced to go in a different route. So we're actually going to a subscription model, okay. which seems to be actually working very well currently. Uh, in the event that we actually have access to the fintech uh, and then the free-to-play model in Ethiopia, that's the model that we want to actually go into. But so far in Ethiopia, we're we're choosing the subscription route. Were, were you part of the Kari versus 
apart from on with comp that they had uh, last year? Did you go? Oh, no, no, no. We, okay. I mean, we went and visited the, the, the teams and everyone, but uh, we weren't part of that program. You guys were too big for it, huh? Yeah? <laughs> um, no, 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 never. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, tell me about the, the, the Pan-African, like, what is it called, like Pan-African Gaming? Yeah, so it's a Pan-African Gaming Group. It's a collection of, uh, I would say, uh, 10 of, of some of the best African gaming studios in Africa. Uh, we want to actually create a group that is uh, more catering to the continent as well as built by the continent. So this is something that we're trying to uh, create that, that really adopts to the Web3 and decentralized model that the world was really moving towards right now. Uh, and the whole goal is to kind of empower the entire gaming ecosystem and then this is not just the game creators but also the the community the players and then just create a whole community around the gaming industry that, that would allow it to flourish and and become one of the prominent gaming markets in the world if, if you look at africa uh, it's it's definitely poised to be the next big gaming market uh, if you look at everywhere else china's really dominated uh, India is dominated. The rest of Asia is dominated. North and uh, North America is kind of aging out. Europe is aging out. Uh, Africa seems to be the continent with you know the next billions of players coming you know, and young players coming to, to actually consume these games. And you have a continent that is very uh, divided. Like there's a lot of countries in Africa, and then there's a lot of uh, political structures that that do not allow you to actually sell stuff uh, from one place to, other, to the other. There's a whole segregation throughout the continent that is definitely a problem to creating a giant gaming market. And this can only be solved by allowing everyone in, in the continent to actually come together and, and find a way to, to figure the, a solution to this problem. So one thing that we did is we actually went to 10 countries and so the Pan-African Gaming Group actually has a gaming studio from currently Ethiopia, Kenya, uh, Senegal, Ghana, South Africa, Tunisia, Rwanda, Tanzania and, and this is a lot of countries from, from which can actually get a lot of uh, consumers and, and content and then together as the Pan-African Gaming Group what we have accomplished is to bring together these gaming studios and figure out a way to collaborate on the games that we're building, uh, pull together the resources that we have. And we have, I mean, together more than 200 employees, uh, pull together the contents that we have, because I have, I think, more than 100 games, and figure out the markets that we each have. And, and together we have more than half a billion markets actually catered to. And that's really the goal of this group. I hope you don't mind me being slightly pessimistic here with this question. And and that is when it comes to gaming, especially now and for the near future, the, the revenue you can generate from per user is definitely going to be much higher in the Western world than, than say in Africa, where Africa is probably going to have the least, right? So... Uh, and being in the gaming space allows you to just have the whole world as the as the market, instead of the, the geographic locations that we are in. So why 
why why would the African gaming group have a an African approach to it instead of trying to become part of the global the global I don't know any global group that is there? I completely understand this question. So there's nothing stopping us from becoming a global company. That's the beauty of games. If, if there's nothing stopping uh, Burna Boy's music from being consumed all over the globe, right? And, and it's the same with every content that we create. And to be honest, whatever we create is always going to be or somewhat you know, going to be available to the global market. And then we don't try to actually stop pushing for games from becoming this global phenomenon. But what we do recognize is that there's a huge giant, which is the African market, which is completely untapped. If you look at the global gaming industry, less than 1% of the more than $200 billion industry is actually coming from Africa. And, and that does not mean that there is nothing there. It just means it's huge, it's untapped, and it's there for the taking. And to us, from you know, coming uh, from the continent and producing games from the continent, it's purely the, the most achievable market and the easiest for us to actually go ahead and dominate us in a very short time. And the second thing that you have to look for is that we're not building uh, a community for now. We're also building a community for the future. If you look at the African uh, spend, right, the uh, the the eco economic situation of, of every household. The continent is urbanizing fast, the fastest in the world. Uh, the middle income is increasing. Uh, again, one of the fastest economies in the world are actually in Africa. Most of the, the fastest growing economies are in Africa. So most definitely, within a very short amount of time, Africa is going to be one of the, the, the markets that is going to be a huge contender to the global gaming, uh, global gaming market. Uh, one thing, one final thing I can say about this, the North American and European uh, gaming market is not even uh, half of the Asian gaming market, if you look at it now. And it doesn't mean that that's how the, the economic spending capacity is dispersed throughout the world. It's just that there's a lot of gamers, that there's a huge number advantage that Asia has which we also believe Africa will, will, will be able to utilize within the next few uh, amount of time. That's a very good answer. <laughs> uh, you took my pessimism and turned it into optimism. Can I ask, <laughs> uh, uh, Darit, what, what's what's in the store for for any games in the next couple of months, next couple of years? What should we expect from you guys? We're well, that's a good question. We're actually launching a a new game within the next few uh, weeks or months. Uh, and then the goal really is to keep building on what we have, to keep building these games, to keep, to keep growing our team. We're fundraising now and then we're going to be fundraising in the future as well. Uh, at the end, we want to be able to say that we built an industry that, that utilizes the local talent, the local creativity we have, and turned it into uh, one of the major exports that the country's economy really depends on. And within, if you look at some of the games out there, uh, Candy Crush making almost $2 million a day, uh, a small app, less than I think 500 megabytes, uh, even 100 megabytes, generates more annual revenue there than the Ethiopian coffee industry 
as a whole. So that's that's the power of, of creativity and, and the power of technology that we have and we can actually tap into. And with a country of 120 million people, uh, we can produce a lot of games. This is not just gonna games. We can have plenty of gaming companies in the country producing hundreds if not thousands of games out of which some will be globally successful. And eventually, this is the goal that we have over the next few years, we want to beat the coffee export of Ethiopia. We want to beat this resource-based export and, and change it to a technology-based and creativity-based export, which, which I believe can become one of the strongest pillars for our country. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big goal. I think next time I talk to the coffee sector, I need to tell them that you're coming for them, so they need to fill up <laughs> I think I have done so on many occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, very nice, very nice. Uh, I mean, okay, and I'll make this my last question and also ask you just if there's anything else that you want to add. But who who else on the continent is kind of, you know, like, and, and this is what I'm going to tell them, that, you know, like someone told them that they, they're looking up to them, like, who are the other players that you see have a lot of potential and can, pay, can play a big role in, in raising the... The whole gaming industry on the continent. Wow, uh, so many that I'm afraid to name names. Um, I mean, each studio in the Pan African uh, game, the, the, the Pan African gaming group, is is an inspiration to me all the time. To be honest, and and then everyone else that I see popping up, we have a WhatsApp group, the African Game Developers Group, that I just like usually go into to get some motivation, some inspiration, what's happening in the African continent. Um, and I would say that, that the, the, the continent is really awakened. Um, and this is not just in gaming and movies, art, music. It's really an amazing thing that, that you actually see going on. And I wouldn't want to name names, but this is just generally a, a huge source of inspiration for me. Okay. I think yeah, we've gone from uh, the continent is rising to now you, the continent is awakening. <laughs> so let's yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, anything else you wanna you wanna push you wanna just add? One thing I, I would add: the biggest problem that the continent faces, talent is everywhere, but opportunity and, and funding is not. There's this really beautiful video that I saw, uh, produced by Nas Daily. Uh, I, I I don't want to get into it now, but it really made me realize that talent is really everywhere, but funding is really not, and the more we can actually get, especially local investors, to be interested and to be able to actually support all of this amazing thing, things that are going on, I'm sure the faster we can get there. That's the one thing I'd like to, to leave. Thanks, David. I think, were you referring to the, the video about the guy who's making a car? Yes. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Really, really made me think. Yeah, it did. And 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 then the thing about this, like it's not it's not about talent and our abilities, it's about the opportunity. It just keeps coming up a lot, to be honest, in, in several conversations that I'm having. Yeah. Um especially in the startup space, because they it's it's so clear, it's so obvious. Uh, and if you're able to tap into it and package it by say making games as you guys are doing, then you're solving a thing. I think you're solving a problem. Absolutely. Okay, David. Yeah. Wish you all the best.
Thank you so much, Sandra. Ciao, ciao. That was the third of three conversations I've had on the gaming space on the continent. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have any questions, feel free to really send them my way and I will convey them to any of the three people we spoke to. Happy to engage more on this on this topic and then see where uh, it goes in the next couple of years. <laughs>